1: Now on Food FM, you're listening to Bread and Butter with Caroline Kenyon. Caroline and
2: her guests make sense of the world through food, from politics to farming, making and cooking. Online, on smart speakers and on Listen Again, this is Food FM.
0: Hello, I am so delighted to welcome you to the latest edition of bread and butter today we're talking about mustard i don't know how many of you have seen in the press but there is actually a global shortage of dijon mustard for all sorts of rather complex and serious reasons but we thought we'd take this as an opportunity to talk about mustard more widely so i am really excited to welcome to the show guy tulberg of tracklements and rachel green chef extraordinaire and known to this program before. Welcome to you both. Hello.
1: Thank you. Hello. Good morning.
0: So, Guy, as a as a manufacturer of, well, all sorts of delicious accompaniments to our food, I'm guessing that the mustard is rather sort of central to, to who you are and what Tracklements is. Is that right?
1: Yeah, my goodness. I mean, it's where the whole business started. Uh, we've been making whole grey mustard for over 50 years and... Um, my father started because he was in the sausage business and, um, and everything went from there. But we're now probably, you know, one of the biggest artisan manufacturers in the UK. Uh, my goodness, have we also been affected by the mustard shortage. It's been a, a global f- phenomenon.
0: That's really interesting, guys. So where do you see the, the kind of the pressures on the supply chain coming? What, what, what's going on behind this news story? Uh,
1: I, I, as I as I understand it, there was um, a, a, not a very successful crop came out of North America, which is one of the main places where they grow mustard. But Germany has always had. Uh, as part of its DNA, working with farmers and growers. And we've had for the last 20 years, we've grown to contract uh, in the UK up in East Anglia. And so uh, about 70% of our crop comes from the UK and has done for many years. So because we're happy to work with farmers and growers and pay them a good price, we're, we're very lucky to have had access to raw material, even though the global market affects the price of mustard seed.
0: That is fascinating. So, I mean, I think you know when people hear the words Dijon mustard, they assume that it's uh, a French product. But am I right in saying that mustard is mustard seed is not grown in France?
1: Uh, there is a small amount, uh, and in fact, I do know of a, a mustard maker in Dijon that does use a, a, a certain amount of Burgundy grown seed, but because north america dominates and one of the big uh, manufacturers of dijon opened up a factory in north america 10 years and managed to change the PDO, so dijon no longer needs to be made in dijon but where and there is dijon mustard made in north america but north america started to dominate what i think about when i think about mustard um, i was brought up with whole grain mustard from the age of dot you know of about six or seven years old and so i'd never really come across different mustard to me whole grain mustard was the original i think because dijon has now become what would you think Has it is a worldwide phenomenon and what i think is disappointing is in that journey we've sort of left behind what i think is traditional british english european whole grain mustard so we think it's the romans who bought mustard to the uk uh, as we always say blame the romans for everything but um, and it would have been ground in a pestle and mortar and it would look very similar to what we see as a whole grain mustard it would have been really difficult to make a powdered smooth version so we think whole grain has the history of mustard that, that possibly is, goes back further than Dijon, but it's got lost in that story.
0: Yes, you know, you're really taking me back to my childhood, actually. But I think your family, my my family was pretty foodie, or rather my father was. But I only remember English mustard and the powder coming out and the ceremony of my father, mixing it with water and then it being spooned carefully into a little blue glass liner inside a a silver holder for sunday lunch i remember once we were given a big jar of french whole grain mustard and that was you know my brother and i were kind of goggle-eyed with excitement at this very sophisticated food product rachel from your your um perspective know both as a chef and coming from a
2: farming background tell us a little bit about your your sort of culinary heritage and mustard well mustard's always been a very big part of what's been on the table at home i am a massive english mustard fan Uh, i think that possibly comes back from my father Uh, and also back to sausages like you really um because we always had Uh, pigs at home. And we always made, obviously, in Lincolnshire, a lot of byproducts from our pigs. So my my mother would lay them out, the the component parts of the pig on the table. We would have you know the brains fried with fried eggs for breakfast. And there would always be English mustard there. We'd obviously make Lincolnshire sausages. My father's favourite thing was to hang the sausages in the cellar till they had fur on them, Um, wipe off the green fur, and eat them with great gusto put into the yard and cooked and then eaten with great vats of English mustard and some homemade bread from my mother so for me it's always been like we all I have a serious amount of mustard in my in my culinary cupboard at any one time I have I gauge a nation's respect for mustard by by, by whether I'm offered it when I go go across, go, go abroad and whether I have to ask for it. So I think we have a great mustard respect in this country. I really do. Have you ever made it, Rachel? I have made mustard. Yes, I have made mustard before. And I believe, isn't it, it's the, well, it's the, it's the seeds, isn't it? Oh, obviously, they, they, they range in heat. But it's also the, the type of liquid that you add to them that actually defines helps define the heat. Mustard is a fantastic cooking ingredient. It isn't just a condiment. And I think that's a really important, it's it's, it's a rare condiment, isn't it? That holds up and withstands cooking. I, I think it's we use it an awful lot in an awful lot of things. Uh, what but do very you use it, methods. Rachel?
0: Because I know that um, Henry, my son, as you know, is is vegan, and and for him, I would say it's an absolutely key tool in
2: his uh, armoury yeah. of ingredients. But how do yeah. you use it? Well, you know, great way for Henry is that he can't have eggs, so um, basically, it's really great if you want to do egg and crumbing. I mean, I, I do it for, for with, with pheasant, Dijon mustard. I make a sort of, um, I slightly thin it down and I would dip the pheasant goujon into the mustard and then crumb it and use it like that. So so it, it you use it instead of egg for crumbing. It's absolutely so fantastic. Clever. Yeah, well, it's just, it's a really, really interesting way of doing it. Um, and also not just food, but drink as well. I, I believe, um, I know my son, Ollie, he, he loves whiskey and he had a whiskey and mustard. It had mustard in it, cocktail, not very long ago. So, you know, it's, it's great in a, a dash of Dijon or it's great in a Bloody Mary, that sort of thing. Or, well, I actually use your horseradish mustard in, in a Bloody Mary, I'm a, I love Bloody Mary. So, and it works fantastically in there. So, you know, just lovely sort of things like, at this time of year, we obviously do, people do a lot of barbecuing, but to make a really great uh, kebab, and mix some Greek yogurt, some hot your hot English mustard with mayonnaise and honey, mustard and honey, another great combination. It's just a really lovely side dish to put with your with your barbecue, that sort of thing. So, um, emulsions. I mean, I, I always use mustard. I ma- I use a selection of mustards in my house dressing. So I will use English and I will use Dijon and a bit of whole grain to get a real balance of sort of flavours. Yes, and whole grain adds texture as well. So there's lots and lots of different ways to to use it for me.
0: Do you think there's a sort of a, a generational uh, approach to mustard? Because Rachel, both you and I have referenced our fathers and the kind of the ceremony of making the mustard and the solemnity around it all. Yes. Guy, what do you think? Do you think young people are enjoying mustard? Uh,
1: yes. Well, I, 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 I was. Um, you yeah, know, mustard is is, is something has a flavour. Um, I used to spread on toasted bread just as a instead of Marmite because it's, it's something it's a thing I like. I'm not too sure that necessarily this is generational. I think I always feel that the next generation are uh, really happy to uh, experiment and discover and enjoy so I, I think there's that side of it.
0: My mother died um, at the end of last year and her, her house is still sort of you know running and my brother's living there so I was there last week and I I, was, I absolutely adore Dijon mustard and I was thinking, gosh, well, my supplies at home are pretty low. And I opened the fridge door and there were three jars of Dijon mustard and I did think, Oh <laughs> Mummy dearest, what a lovely bequest you have left me. I sort of truffled them out of the fridge and into my luggage. I wonder it I, I'm interested to also to hear Rachel that you say that, that that Ollie, your son, is is um having um mustard in his Cocktails. I mean, Guy, are you are you looking at sort of making new kinds of mustard to engage with a new audience? So, you do you have a, a line of people doing R and D on on new mustard types?
1: Well, we we're we're always looking at it. So, so we do anything from the sort of a hotter version. So, we sell we sell one that we call Spitfire, Spitfire Chili. We do our own version mm-hmm. of a hot English, which which um, I, I think is is stands up really really well and also sits in that sauce and. Uh, crumbing sort of um, works very well for that for that and then we do a mixture of honey again we were talking about honey and mustard we do a hot spiced honey mustard and those things allow people I think lots of access points and because we sell in the in a smaller jar you'd probably put two out on a table and not just one Uh, but within that we we're also great fans. I'm a great fan of Dijon mustard. And we do do a Dijon mustard, which genuinely comes from uh, Burgundy. So we've worked with the same manufacturer there for 30, 40 years. And we do have supply, a small supply of Dijon, of Dijon, but that's only because we've got a very good relationship with the manufacturer. But I think this, it, it comes into this journey of experimentation, everybody's happy to, to, to really try things. But we've also had, uh, recently we worked with Cardiff University, Cardiff Met University, because we've always had this view that, that and I know uh, perhaps I'm over playing it, but whole grain mustard fits into this clean eating it's really good for you. We haven't done anything bad to it. It's not over-processed. It actually contains a lot of good bugs. Uh, it's, mustard is very lively. A uh, Bugs in a good way, by the way. We did some research with Cardiff Met, so this is proper, um, uh, authenticated research, that said a, spe- a spoonful of mustard a day, and in particular whole-grain mustard, can actually lower uh, your blood sugars is very, very good for glucose and and hearts and those sorts of things, actually lowering your col- mm. cholesterol and I think what a lovely opportunity I put a spoonful I put a teaspoon in my cooking every day and look i 'm actually doing something good for myself alongside obviously my fresh smoothie that I have in the morning
0: Do you know it 's really lovely to hear that guy because um, my my guilty secret is that when I make my um my vinaigrettes, and I, I love making them, is that um, when I've put the mustard in, the spoon is always for me. I mean, I can eat
2: yes.
0: three spoonfuls yes. of mustard. I adore it. So now I know I'm doing something good for myself. Yeah, Do you know absolutely. what my guilty
2: pleasure is? Well, Brussels, Brussels sprouts and whole grain mustard and cheese. Oh! <laughs>
0: what I sort love, of cheese?
2: I love a kind of like a, a green mustard Lincolnshire poacher's Brussels sprout gratin. Absolutely gorgeous. That does sound delicious. I can actually eat a plate of Brussels Brussels sprouts just tossed in whole grain mustard with cheese on top and a little tiny bit of mayonnaise on the side. How guilty is that?
0: That sounds wonderful. Do you know, I can't wait for Christmas now. (laughs) I adore sprouts. Just to to kind of bring ourselves back, you know, early in the morning and I'm already fantasizing about sprouts and uh, whole grain mustard. Um, Although where I get Brussels sprouts in uh, July, I'm not quite sure. But um, where do you think the way lies forward for mustard? I mean, we've got these, these we've, you know, currently got a supply shortage from uh, Northern America guys you've highlighted. And what I understand that is to do with, sorry to mention it, it's so gloomy and depressing, but it's to do with climate change and so on. But there's also, I think there's a Ukraine element. Is there some mustard grown in Ukraine?
1: yes uh ukraine uh, russia india i mean they there every global commodity seed commodity is affected obviously by by ukraine uh, but also i think we did have this not very good harvest but but we would argue that or trachments or would argue that the more that we can shorter the supply chain. And by that, you know, I understand that there are some things we couldn't... Black peppercorns, you know, they, they, they come from a certain area. I understand that. But we can grow mustard in this country, in the UK. So let's have a bit more. Yeah, let's have a bit more, please. And I think those things really start to... Will start to help. And one of the reasons, as, as you mentioned, it's grown on the east because it's slightly drier. It quite it quite likes. Yeah those dry growing conditions. We have tried to grow some uh, for five or six years in a row uh, just down the road from us. We're we're on the Wiltshire Gloucestershire border but it's just a bit too wet and I used to go out and see fields and fields of rape and I go what is all that about? You know, if you can grow that You can grow mustard seed. Come on, give it a go.
2: And mustard also is a great, good cover crop for for farmers as well. And I think they just sort of got out of the the way of growing it. But I remember my father growing it. I mean, I remember us growing it on the farm in Lincolnshire. So uh, it's very good for cleaning the soil. So... um, yeah. To... I mean,
1: we're about to get in the next year's harvest, I think, which will come in September, and that'll be a, a big That's change. So right. we'll see where that is. So when that new harvest comes, we'll see. I mean, so so far, so good, and we're hopeful.
0: I think what you've both said is fascinating because what we're really unraveling here is that mustard is a bit of a, a kind of lightning rod for all sorts of issues like climate change, like ridiculously long supply chains, like, as Rachel referenced, the, the health of our soil. And if we could, as you have said, Guy, bring everything closer to home, there's so much good that we could do here, isn't there?
1: Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's uh, mentioned at the beginning. I mean, it, it's 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 part of what we do. Um, um, Traffman loves working with farmers and growers. We're 100% UK onions, again, all coming uh, from up near Lincolnshire. UK grown horseradish. That has not come overnight for us as a business. That's come from 30 years of hard work or 40 years of hard work. What we do is we trust the grower to get on with their job and the grower trusts us to pay them a fair price for what they do. So in in our internal circles, we call it um, British Fair Trade. It's what Trahumance as a business refers to it. Our growers well, their price isn't bouncing up and down, but they know that they're going to be able to sell in the case of, you know, we're using something like 200 tons of, of, um, of onions at the moment, 50 tons of horseradish. They know that they're going to get a fair price for that, and that helps them plan for the future. And I think this working together is going to be a really, really important part of what we do. I mean, we want to use the best and buy the best, but because we understand the raw material, and because we know the growers, it makes such a difference, and I don't want to over this too much. Good chefs say they're only as good as their good ingredients. Trachemonts say exactly the same. That's, that's what makes us who we are and what we are, but it is really part of our DNA.
2: You're also giving them consistency, and as a farmer, that's in- incredibly important for, for their cash flow, because obviously farmers' cash flow is very up and down, and as a, a family of farmers for 400 years, yeah, I, I just I think it's an absolutely amazing practice that you're doing, and encouraging the farmers of this country, and as as you say, giving them a fair price, and I I think that's the whole point, isn't it? I I, I think, I think it's, it's wonderful. I really do think it's 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 amazing. As I say, as a, as a young girl, I remember seeing fields and fields of mustard, um, and then that dropped off, and it's so encouraging to hear what you're saying. I, I remember my father saying it was it's very competitive against weeds as well mustard it'll hold its own so you have to use less spray on it or anything like absolutely. that absolutely
1: that's absolutely right because you you imagine that you're a you're a bug or an aphid and, and you land or the mustard seed it's not something that's that's very nice so it has a lot of <laughs> It has a really good sort of natural de- defence, but also that I understand that, that that it doesn't need a lot of spraying. Uh, the yields aren't as high as growing something like a, like, like wheat or barley. Yes. Um, but but it doesn't require a lot of that much love and attention. I'm sure a lot of farmers will be. We're really yes. tearing the hair out, saying yes, it does. But I mean, I know that the North American crop, by and large, they plant it and don't really do very much to it. And if they leave, if they lose the bottom corner of the field, they lose it. From a farming perspective, it doesn't take quite so much um, love and attention. So I know that a lot of the North American growers plant it and don't really do that much to it. It's a very hardy crop,
2: and it's also very good in terms of environment for 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 game cover as well and green short-term green cover as well. So. It has a lot going for it. It really does.
0: I think I can feel a campaign coming on, and it's the real mustard. <laughs> the real, and I think the
2: real mustard campaign. we just, campaign.
0: just uh, launched it here and now, um, guys. Wonderful to hear your account muster but also all the fantastic work that tracklements is doing with british farming it's just so uplifting there's so much gloom and doom around in british farming i think farmers are feeling so apprehensive about the future and where things are going and you know it's it's a it's a very um vulnerable world at the moment so what you're doing gives them certainty in a in a time of uncertainty and uncertainty in a small
1: way we hope so yes
0: in a small way absolutely and rachel you know just to hear how you you use mustard how you support british food producers it's it's so uplifting it really is thank you both i've absolutely loved the conversation i've learned a huge amount and now whenever i see any of my farming friends i'm going to be banging on about mustard
2: (laughs) Caroline, as always, your enthusiasm is very much part of you and it's wonderful to hear you, as always, being enthusiastic about a great, great national treasure, really. I think mustard is a a great treasure and will always be on my table. Yeah, absolutely. Here, here. Thank you very much, guys. Thank
0: you. Lovely. Thank you.
2: You're listening to Bread and Butter with Caroline Kenyon. To find out more about Food FM and our content, go to foodfmradio.com.